What's up, everybody, and welcome to After the Roll, Episode 2, the D&D podcast where you rolled a one for entertainment, and that's it. I messed up that joke that I was going to make. Damn it! <laughs> we tried there's the, again. There's the nat one the for screen. entertainment. Back to the star screen. <laughs> Three, Back two, to the... one, go. What's up, everybody? This is After the Roll, Episode 2. That other part was just practice. Don't worry about it. But uh, anyway, I am uh, Clan Diesel, uh, the hostess with the most. Along with me this week is Dr. Diz DM, Double Lot Buck, Lady Chaotic, and making his first appearance on this edition of After Roll, Big Sly TV. I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> also, uh, chat, my joke was is that. You rolled for entertainment and came up with a nat one. Hey, I like the other way better. You rolled a nat one for entertainment. So anyway, uh, if you're new here, hello. I'm Clan Diesel, and these are my minions of destruction. But no, we're here to discuss not actually heroes cataclysm, the D and D campaign given to us by our Lord and Savior, Doctor Diz DM, every other Saturday except on federal holidays and uh, when he has bar mitzvahs. Because he's a rabbi, not really, but he could be. I know a guy. So uh, we will begin, I guess, with my favorite part of the show, the discussion section. Are you ready, Diz? Okay. Okay. Now don't worry, these questions are easy. I feel like I feel like we need some graphics. So I'm gonna we work do. on that for next time. We we <laughs> do. I'm gonna if anybody out there is on Fiverr, let me know. Everybody's on Fiverr. What are you talking about? I'm on Fiverr, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Diz, we're gonna start with our discussion section. As of course, if you're wondering why they're called discussions, it's because our DM is named Dr. Diz and that's about as creative as I can get right now. It's 1030 at night, people. What do you expect? I work all day. All right. So question one. This. The party has just pulled into the ruins of Waterdeep. Mm -hmm. Now, in this new campaign, Waterdeep is not quite the Waterdeep that everyone knows from D&D lore and books and all sorts of fun stuff. So can you give us a brief summary of the Not Actually Heroes Cataclysm version of Waterdeep? All right. So Waterdeep now is just in ruins. Like, Normally, it's like the biggest city that you'll ever come to in a D and D campaign, like just yep. humongous. And this big trade city and stuff. Yeah. In in this campaign, it is desolated, and there is a huge, unnaturally formed uh, lake in the middle of it. So what you're saying is, instead of having water deep, the city is now deep underwater. It's in deep water. It's in deep something. Yes. <laughs> I, I like I like I like how you did that. I like how you did that. All right. Um, I too am in deep water. That is true. You are some we uh, <laughs> but, double buck may be drowning. 
you wanted to know what was under the lake of Waterdeep, it's a double hot buck. Double hot buck is is a creature in the lake in Waterdeep. Do we do we feel like we could tell them why or? Um, I think it's important that chat knows and the people watching it, uh, watching later on YouTube and listening to the podcast uh, exactly how Waterdeep met this fate. Okay, so before uh, we had this campaign, I ran a four-year-long campaign uh, where uh, about level 16, 17-ish um, we had a crossover like couple of sessions where uh, there is another game we play in with a, another DM who actually plays in our game as a character. Um, we had a crossover with the characters from his game coming into this world. And then we kind of split the party into two and let some of the players who are in both games play their other characters, uh, which was kind of fun. But what happened was um, one of the characters that came over had the wish spell at level 17. Because at level 17, you have, you have ninth level spells. They yes, were on top of, of a tower inside of Waterdeep, like kind of centralized in... The, it was kind of to, to the western side, but like uh, kind of in the middle on the western side. And there was a bunch of undead flooding the city. There was this character um uh, i think her name was mondath uh, or something like that she uh was undead now um i'm pretty sure at that point and <laughs> there was a bunch of undead beholders up there wearing like plate armor and things were getting real difficult for the party and hans which is clan diesel's crossover character from that other um D &D campaign who is the, the wish spell, and I will let you tell what you wished for. So, there I was. Picture this, surrounded by undead. The party's life in my hands. I know I've got to do something. So, I reach into my spell book. Wish. So, then I wish for all the undead to die. Again, more specifically. This has been like two. I don't remember the exact you wording said, that I used. You said that you wanted all of the undead that were currently on top of the tower. That's true. To be destroyed. Be destroyed. Right. That, okay, that is what I said. Now, here's the thing, chat. For those of you playing the home game, wish is very literal to what you say or at least it is when someone else is dming not naming names um so what he did was is when hans cast wish and said his wish he said okay so the undead that were atop this thing all of a sudden were frozen in place they couldn't move but then we noticed park there be something in yon sky. So we looked up, there is a fiery mountain, you know, what we would consider a meteor heading straight for <laughs> where we're currently standing with the undead. So then we go, oh, 
we got to go. So then Hans having other spells and luckily enough spell slots teleported the party away. That did not teleport the meteorite away at all. So what happened was the undead were still there. A meteorite came down and hit the place. And of course, the meteorite hits with enough impact that it wipes out Waterdeep and the surrounding area. And it hits so hard that Waterdeep is actually pushed underground and then, you know, the crater fills up with water because water deep. Duh. So yeah, I uh, I killed water deep. To be fair, my KD is amazing. They, they what you're telling me is yes. that you just like dinosaur extinctioned all of the undead in water deep. Yeah, I did. <laughs> also, all the people in water deep. Yeah, it was yeah. a small meteor. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. they could have ran it's not my fault that they didn't run all of them mm. i'm sure some of them made it yep maybe so to this day in my campaigns hans has the highest kill count of anybody <laughs> yes on one move one move like one said, spell hans's kd is amazing <laughs> so as as a dm let me explain the wish spell the wish spell can be used for simple replacement of spell slots. You can use it to cast another spell or something like that. That the DM usually disallows to happen because it's normal type of magic. Uh, but when they ask some for something grand and the grander the request, the grander the reaction that it requires. So um, when you request a wish, what you're doing is you're requesting something more powerful than you to grant you some power that is beyond you. Now, there's celestials, which are relatively good and you know handle things probably in a nice, good, lawful way. Uh, there's all kinds of other beings also that might reply. A demon lord might reply. A djinn might reply. So I rolled a die, and I haven't told what actually answered his request, but it must have been a mischievous thing because it decided to solve the problem with a fiery rock from the sky. It was Agminos from, you know, four days in the future. From the future. (laughs) That's Waterdeep. So now we have a desolated Waterdeep that uh, 500 years, I think it's, yeah, it's 500 years after the old campaign is been in the middle of wars between uh, the countries, like uh, Baldur's Gate and Neverwinter, they fought over it, and reconstruction of the city has never happened. So it, it's basically just a wasteland where probably a lot of criminals hide out and stuff. So not a nice place. True. Uh, yeah, follow-up question with that, I think you may have answered it partly there, is how has the loss of this major city affected uh, this campaign? So... Uh, you, I don't know if you've noticed or not, but Daggerford, which normally is a small town with like maybe three or four hundred people in it, is yeah. now a huge city. Um, so a lot of the people from Waterdeep migrated south to Daggerford, 
Um, you have to expect that some of them migrated north to Neverwinter as well, and other places. You know. But uh, those two, which Neverwinters are already a big city, so it it probably gained you know a few more thousand people, which just kind of absorbed into it, you know. But Daggerford, yeah. on the other hand, had to grow exponentially. So that's what yeah. we got. And it's seemingly been taken over by gnomes. Yeah, gnomes. Yeah, weird. Evil little sure. gnomes. <laughs> All right. So now that the party has reached Waterdeep, which I consider to be almost like chapter two mm -hmm. of the campaign, now that they're they're here, that we're here in Waterdeep. Um, what can you tell about, if, if anything at all, that you're looking forward to now that the party has made it to this area? So I'm kind of, uh, I like introducing a new town because I immediately get to introduce new NPCs, new shops, uh, and new side quests that you guys can find or maybe not find. Um, yep. those are always fun. You guys have got to meet one of the NBCs. Uh, yep, love the bread it. maker. Yep. Yep, uh, love the bread maker. That was uh, easily a highlight of <laughs> the last campaign. Yes. Yes. I just never yeah. thought we'd find an NPC with a lower intelligence than Yarman. I really wish hey. it was Yarman and him that talked. I really do. I, I don't know that he's not intelligent. So I mean he just may be awkward. He's just <laughs> an awkward guy. And uh yeah. Um, but uh, I'm kind of excited for you guys to, um, if you, if you, if the party even decides to go this route, uh, to meet the mayor of Waterdeep, he's been talked about a lot and he has, uh, his name has been dropped a figure. lot. So I'm excited. Yeah. It's, for awful. it's weird that there's a mayor, but there is no town. <laughs> I'm just going to say town? that. <laughs> I mean, there's the <laughs> ruins of a town <laughs> well, I mean, we got yeah, is kind of built inside the city um yeah it's like a little town or village or pretty small yeah, pretty much people built some houses around a temple that was still remaining from water deep and like here here's our new town we didn't know what temple that was hmm, interesting question Salah. temple of anware i doubt i'm thinking of Lathander. <laughs> Nobody likes that guy. He's a hippie. <laughs> He's got right, anger so issues, that's for sure. He does have anger issues, yes. Also, he may think some of your party members are AI. <laughs> okay, so uh, here's a question. Feel free to answer it however you will. Uh, but this is why I don't give the questions beforehand. I want honest answers. Um, how do you feel that the party... Not the not the people playing these characters, but how do you think the characters themselves are going and getting on as a group, as a unit? From your perspective, from the DM's perspective. From the DM's perspective. Yes. So I see um I see like little like clicks of friends inside the group. I see those mm -hmm. form. And um which happens in a, in a lot of groups, but um, mm -hmm. there's a lot of tension in in the group, and yes, 
it's interesting because it, it's sometimes hard to keep that from spilling out of the game. Um, but I think everything's went well with it, even though <laughs> everybody's okay, you know, um, with the role playing and if JD happens to shoot somebody, you know, I think they're okay with it. I mean, it could happen. Uh, building on that with the tension, does that help you as far as like writing like subplots for the story? Like, do, do you think like, well, there's tension already there. They're role-playing some tension. Should I build on that? Or is it more like as the DM, I don't want to take that too far. And maybe I try to squash it out, or how are your feelings on that? Um, so the way I like to do it, I don't like to instigate, okay? So I don't like to get into um, the conflicts inside the party a lot of times. Um, but I do like to focus on character development a lot. So if I, if I ever see an opportunity there with a conflict, I will, I will jump on top of it. But I don't think to this point I've actually found one that I really want to get into. Uh, mm-hmm. JD, uh, I hate to keep referencing him, but he is a conflict uh, maker and uh, by design, I think. So um, that I have yep. to kind of play on. Okay. That one, because it, mm-hmm. it's it's just part of his character. Yeah. Um, but yeah. most of the other oh. characters, I, I don't. I don't like to do that. Um so it was interesting when Lady actually uh, uh, had her character go over and placed hands on uh, Malnox's character and uh, had that vision because mm-hmm. um, I like that because it was like a, a glimpse into his backstory, but through her and he has no idea. So uh, I did jump on that opportunity because if you guys yeah. do things that are unexpected, I will pounce on them. But I usually don't like to instigate. <laughs> like. <laughs> Make them normally people get mad at each other, you know, (laughs) by themselves. No, they don't need my help. All right, right. so that's the end of our discussions. So now we're going to turn it over to the players. All right, and since Sly, this is your first time on After the Roll, and we've not really discussed your character at all. Uh, will you tell us a bit about your character, Garmin, and what made you want to play this? Uh, race class combo uh the race class combo i'm just addicted to elves honestly uh half elves elven characters uh and monks uh you know like i'm a caster at heart i like casting spells and doing all the the damage from far away and uh, this time we had other people that wanted to play casters and I've never really been a melee character for very long. Uh, so I was like, I'm going to go with probably the best melee character and I'm going to be a monk. Uh, so there wasn't a lot of thought into it other than I wanted to go out of my comfort zone and uh, not play the character that's going to talk all the time. Cause like I do a lot of charisma casters, bards, sorcerers, uh, so I was trying to play the character that's not going to go up and just, you know, want to be the voice of the party, but also yeah. a character that at the same time is going to have his role play elements and mm-hmm. 
when when I came up with a real low stat, I thought intelligence was the perfect thing to drop it in because, you know, he's he's too unintelligent to realize he should probably stop talking at this point. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, so now we've talked about your character. Now this is a question that I have, and I it may be something that I've glossed over from when I was helping to to co DM the campaign mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, tell me about this relationship that Yarman has with Exire. Uh, because Yarman seems to be, if he could, I would, Yarman would be Luke and Exire would be the Tauntaun in Yarman's perfect world. <laughs> like if Exire ever dies, I think Yarman is going to wear his skin. <laughs> It, uh, it, it seems that they're that close. So I want you to talk about that a little bit uh, and kind of explain that from, uh, from the character side. Honestly, it, it's kind of the opposite of what I have with your character, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and it, it all boils down to um, the elven society that we kind of created. I had a hand in helping Diz create in the last campaign uh, with Siloran. Uh, was all about intelligence, right? Intelligence was a key thing that they they valued in that society. Um, so Yarman, this unintelligent boy, gets shipped off to a monastery, doesn't really know where he's from, is in the monastery as a super unintelligent uh, young boy growing up. I just kind of played into the backstory that he would have gotten bullied a yeah. lot and he would have been taken advantage of a lot. And, you know, he, he would probably, because of his intelligence being as low as it is, he would probably trust really quickly and then hurt a lot when that trust is broken. Uh, so since Yarman's come into the campaign, uh, you know, He's picked up on Morwen kind of picking on him. Mor Morwen is kind of picked on him. Uh, Thavrak is picked on him a little bit. Uh, your character, not so much picked on him, but your character has uh, been in his eyes downright rude at times, right? The whole, oh, we're, we're not really friends, we're uh, uh, colleagues. Colleagues, were, yeah. Uh, I can't remember what, what the word is off the compatriots. That was the one. Yeah. Compatriots was the word he used. Uh, whereas, on the contrary, Exire's taken him out. He bought him. He bought him new gloves. He bought him. He he turned those gloves into a magical item. He he took them and got them enchanted. Exire has, from Yarman's point of view done everything in his power to not only help Yarman, but take care of Yarman and kind of be the, the one true friend in the group. Yeah. So it's not so much that, you know, Yarman is uh, sold on Exire and Exire is the end all be all. It's at this point, Exire is the only one that's proven himself to actually be a friend. Everybody else has kind of looked down on Yarman because of his intelligence. And although he's not super smart, he is wise. And he, he understands when stuff's happening to him. He just, 
may may not understand what it is. Yeah. Like my character doesn't really care that your intelligence is low. My character's intelligence is low. He's not yeah. a smart man. Uh, my character though is worried that Xire has possessed you or put you under a spell. <laughs> Honest to God, that in his head, he is concerned that you are under Xire's spell and that other party members may as well start being okay. Go. I gotta follow quick. Is it because of how Malnox eats that pizza? You think that he's beguiled him with that way? Yes. <laughs> yes. Sensual pizza. pizza. I knew it meant yes. something. Sensual pizza. Um, and and that's why, like, in in the in the room with the beholders, when you, you turned on Malnox, it was literally, like, as far as the party goes, he does. Yarman didn't know JD at the the time. The girls haven't really done anything. Yarman. Yarman knows Morwen's picking on him. Prugwin is kind of non-existent existent uh, a lot of times. So as far as the party goes, he's looking at it and going, the guy I hate the most, the, the guy that's just downright rude, and the guy that, you know, is the nicest and tries to take care of me and continues, like, Mal, Mal won't even let me pay for anything. Yeah. Um, so the guy that's trying to take care of me is now getting attacked by the guy that's the rudest in the party. Like, I'm going to step in and get in the way. So it, it, it all just boils down to that. Like, he understands uh, JD so far isn't the nicest person, but JD's not done anything directly to him or to any of the party members that he saw because remember he wasn't really around for the whole waking up with uh galen thing so that he saw jd's not done anything to any of the party members that's you know truly disrespectful he's just he's got an attitude uh and outside of that everybody else is just kind of you know, treats Yarman like he's a five-year-old running around trying to play adventure. Yeah. All right. Next question. Uh, we'll, this is for everybody, but I'll start with Buck. Uh, the big thing that happened, or one of the big things I feel like that happened in the last episode was, we'll call it the confrontation. So if you haven't seen the episode yet, um, my character, Sir Eldrick, and uh, JD both confront Exire about going into his other form and stuff. And actually, JD brings up murder. Uh, so, and kind of forces Exire to come clean, or at least as far as Exire told us, has come clean about everything as he knows it. Uh, so, how do you think the confrontation went, Bug? Well, to me, the confrontation went just like it did episode one. If JD thought he was lying, mm -hmm. it would have ended in a gunshot, one way or the yeah. other. And him owning the fact that he lied to me the first time 
means that Exire is trying to be more open with the party and explain why he's been keeping secrets. But at the same time, like JD told him, if you lie to me again, I'll kill you. Because yeah. JD's not going to tolerate being lied to by people that's supposed to have his back. Because then he can't trust them. Right. Okay. Um, Lady K, what about you? How did you feel about the confrontation? So, um, going into the confrontation, obviously we all kind of foresaw it coming with the, you know, the whole issue in the beholder room. I mean, all of us kind of saw and heard what was happening because we were all nearby. We were all there. Um, and one of the things just going into it was knowing how my character plays and you know we we talk a lot right we're like oh it's some exiles exiles dead man you know he's dead he's gonna go and one of the things that i realized with my character is that she has the ability to hopefully as we travel and go provide maybe some clarity and so you know i i decided that i wanted to see maybe what information i could get my character essentially uh foresees the future that's how she helped uh, where she came from and essentially you know she walks up and touches exire to see if she can read anything off of him with her her divination and lo and behold <laughs> we got a lot more information i think than i even expected to to get truthfully i expected maybe some minimal stuff but to be sucked into almost like a whole nother whole nother place um and to get so much information on exire's backstory that even exire doesn't really know yet um allowed me i think to maybe help the cause a little bit in saying you know he's being truthful he's like there's more to it than this and you know really as we play out will help maybe his character grow uh, and learn more about who who he really is yeah so what he's doing with your character's ability, do you see your character being like a mediator uh, so, for the tension in the group? Maybe can I, I help each, the characters understand each other? I think yeah. it would be natural for her, um, mostly because her backstory, essentially, she was sent um, by the Elven King from the Elven Kingdom. She was um, an arcane advisor to him, a very trusted person. And essentially, her role was to help, um, you know, tell them what magic is best for war, what, what the planning is, and just different things um, and aspects to, to advise a king on in terms of you know, arcane matters. And with her divination and being able to have some foresight, I think it's going to, you know, I wanna play her is that she, she gets little, you know, just little tidbits of things as she touches people or as she may pass by something she knows. And the ability for that allows her to really kind of interject into a lot of different things that, you know, she sees that other people don't necessarily see. So I, I think it's natural from her coming from a noble, a noble place essentially, and how she acts and the type of person she is to want to fix those problems, to keep the peace, to help people see, because that's what she's always done. Okay. Sly. How do you feel about the confrontation? Uh, I honestly thought Yarman was going to get put back down. Because uh, 
he's he's got an item. I don't think anybody's asked about it or noticed it yet, but he's he's got that item. We saw it in the beholder. Do we see it in the beholder cave? I think we saw it in the beholder cave. Wait, or no, in the, the chimney rock? room. The chimney room. <laughs> where uh when Yarman goes back down, if he makes it back to his turn down, he just immediately uh is you know still unconscious but he's he's back he's not dying anymore right yeah he's stabilized uh, he's stabilized uh so i told diz i i messaged diz when the whole conflict happened and i pointed out you and buck specifically because you were the two aggressive ones and i was like i got 45 feet of movement plus 45 feet of movement if i dash Plus 45 feet of movement if I use my bonus action to, to dash, because I can do that monk shit. I'm literally sitting next to Exire. Right? If I can move 135 feet in six seconds, there's no way any of either of you with me watching you as hard I, as I was, we're going to get a shot off or get a, a swing on him with your sword without me being able to get in front of it. Uh, so I was just like, Diz, at any twitch, I am full full form in front of Exire, um, taking the blow and probably coming back at whoever hit, whoever swung or shot. Because, uh, you know, I, I only had 20 hit points, so I'd have, I'd have gotten taken down pretty quickly. But if you didn't take me down in the first round, you were probably going to suffer because there was, you know, at least four shots coming back at you plus potential stunning strikes and like yeah. it, it would have been it would have been bad but i think i i legit thought one of you were going to make a move on him and i was just i was staring you down uh so outside of that i wasn't it's really fun taking notes as yarman because like the things that i remember are the things that yarman remembers because it's the things that I was focused on. So like I was less focused on what Lady K her saw in her vision or any of that stuff. I was focused on which one of you was going to be the one to try to, you know, attack. And that's what Yarman remembers is JD got up and just walked away in the middle of the conversation. And you sat there with your hand on the, your sword the entire time. So as a follow-up question for the three of you, and you can just give me a simple answer if you want to, do you feel that it's resolved? <laughs> not a chance. No, <laughs> not, not, it's not resolved. I don't, I don't think it will be necessarily resolved. I think there's always going to be that, that issue there of what he is, you know, I mean, claim your paladin. It's just what it is. Right. And speaking of, of, of my character, what's in his head, now he gave his word that if the he would go with what the party decided. If they mm. thought that they couldn't trust him and they wanted him killed, he would kill him. If the party thought that it was fine and we'll just move on, he would go with that too. And the party voted. I literally stopped everything and made you guys vote. And the party decided to let him live. So in his mind, he gave his word. So that part of it is over. But he has to 
trust Exire. Exire has to prove himself to to Sir uh, Eldrick, and and like and like he said, you know, his God Anwar teaches, and it's very important for him that you know don't judge a book by its cover. Sometimes people that say that they're good are actually the the bad guy, the instigator of the thing. And sometimes the thing that you think is evil is actually just trying not to, you know, it has a reason for doing that, but they're really not trying to hurt anybody. It's just being perceived that way. So he's willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. However, he, like I said earlier, he thinks in his mind that Exire may have Yarman under some kind of sorcery. <laughs> and that concerns him. Well, you've been code DM on certain privy to certain information prior to playing with us. You know good and darn well JD's not done. There's one no. more aspect that Mal has to get Exire through with JD before this is resolved. Um, yeah. Speaking of JD, what does everybody think about JD and the engineer? <sighs> I love the character. Yeah, I love it. I know, the ingenuity right? and just the backstory of it's phenomenal. I love it. However, I have no idea where my character's mind lies on what the hell is going on with JD. <laughs> well, that's not, either your character's mind or your mind, you know, as as the, you know, the the player, you know, this is uh we when, when you think of JD, JD is just, you know, the uh the lovable asshole of the group basically is what JD is. Uh, I made him and portray him to be not really the lovable asshole, more of the, only you know, one he's, a fuck, he's a fucking dick, but <laughs> as long as I don't cross him, I don't have to worry about him because he's going to take out whatever's in front or behind us in the fight. Right. But once you cross him, well, now you're on his radar along with everything else evil that he's going after. Right. But I just love the the seemingly budding relationship between JD and this engineer. Oh my gosh, I love it. I think it I think it's great. Yeah, I think he, I think she'll show back up. <laughs> I think she'll show back up, but I think there were a lot of people that thought there was going to be like a romantic relationship between JD and the engineer just just off of what I've heard after that. And I don't know, the engineer had eye candy at the at the store with she her. She did. <laughs> I, I don't know if JD quite fits the bill of what she's going after. <laughs> but at the same time, has JD even acted like he's flirting with her more so no. than just wanting to uh, check no. what's in her warehouse? JD's on no. a mission. JD doesn't have time to flirt with nobody. Now, listen, I do have a little bit of fingers crossed luck that when Huck shows up, maybe she's going to have something for Huck. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that is true. She may be. I have... I have my That's fingers crossed that the person. Warforge in the corner has magical eyebrows <laughs> and his name is Q4N13. I mean, uh, maybe, right? Who knows? With a hidden gun in his arm. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> that was my favorite part of uh, Diz's Warforge is those damn eyebrows that could show emotion, but they never showed the emotion Diz was trying to portray. So like he'd be really happy and they'd look angry. He'd start to get angry and they'd get real happy looking. He'd be all pissed off and he'd be like this. He's surprised. It's like, no, no, that's not right. 
slap him and make him reset. He did the best know. magical item. So, lady, as the newest player uh, in the game, you and Ellen, uh, but you're the one here right now, so I can ask you. I can ask Ellen. What after the conversation and everything that's happened in this last episode? You know, now you guys are at the ruins of Waterdeep. What is the mindset of your character at this point? Like, are you, is your character, is Adara worried that she has saddled up with the wrong group of people? Um, so I, I wouldn't say she's worried that she's with the wrong group of people. Now, would I say she might be worried that the group's a little dysfunctional? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I mean, she comes from, you know, like I said, a place where things are very, very well put together and people, people work together and, you know, that sort of thing. But, um, she knows why she's there. You know, she, she knows, um, her whole purpose for being there is a vision that she had. Um, and essentially she was told that she needed to help this party and in her aspect and in her mind, she follows what she sees. And so for her, she's not worried about, you know, the party, she knows it's what she has to do. So for her, you know, it's not necessarily a, well, am I supposed to be here? Do I want to be with these people? It's a, I need to be here. I need to be with these people. I have to make this work. Okay. Uh, now, building off what Diz was talking about earlier, your character touched Exire and one of your abilities kicked in and you saw something and even spoke with it. Yes. How was that? Way more than I expected. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's it's kind of a, a, a weird thing to do. Um, it, it doesn't necessarily, isn't necessarily a spell. It's just kind of like a reactionary thing that she gets um, and something that Diz and I have talked about in terms of just how I want her character to play, being somebody who's a future seer, uh, you know, who studies divination. And, you know, I got way more than I, I, I guess I bargained for. Um, <laughs> but it was very cool it was extremely immersive um and it it gave Diz I think a real good way to help tell that backside of Exire's story when Exire doesn't even know that backside or reason part of the story and I think it's a good way to help the characters really kind of force them to understand or listen or interact um because you know you guys don't know if you can trust Exire right now, but you know now you have me, somebody, some somebody who's different, you know. Yeah. So it's it's a different aspect that it just kind of plays into it. But yeah, I, I don't think she's worried about the party necessarily. She thinks it's a little dysfunctional, but you know she's got to do it. So here she is. All right. Okay. So Sly. Yes. Kind of a two-part question. I got a three-part uh, answer. Okay. <laughs> one, uh, how do you think the party is going to be going forward? And also, what would you, as the player, kind of like to see going forward? Um, that's. I mean, that's a trick question a little bit because I can I can make assumptions but I don't know how y'all are going to be playing your kid. So like, I would assume JD is JD. He's, you know, he's always going to be weary. He's always going to, 
uh, be looking over his shoulder. I don't think JD trusts Exire that much more than he trusted Exire before. But like from a holy paladin, like you're, you know, you're sworn to fend off things that are unholy and unnatural. You know, you now know that Exire isn't unholy or unnatural. He's a completely different thing than what you thought he was. Right? Where he comes from, vampires aren't unnatural and unholy. They are just a a being like an elf. Right. Yeah. Right? So you now know that he's not unholy or unnatural. Sure, he's he's akin to something that you know to be unholy and unnatural. So, like, that really depends more on how you're going to play that character. Because you could be you could go in out of this going, okay, I can relax a little bit because he's not the vampire I think of. He's, you know, he's, he's different. He, he is a natural being who just happens to be akin. Or you could come out and still, you know, want to go sore deep through his chest because you see him as what our world vampires are like. Uh, so I, I'm... It all depends on basically you, because I don't think I don't think Double Buck or JD's character. I don't think that that one setting doesn't change his view that much. Just from what I've seen in the characters, it's you. It's yours that I think changes. And going forward, uh, you know, like I love D and D. I love the combat. I love rolling dice, uh, but more so than any of that, I love role playing. So I'm I'm excited for the the RP side that could be coming from this right the is there going to continue to be a battle between you know you and exire is there going to continue to be a battle between you and yarman uh you know yarman has now at least said his piece to jd right like jd came in and was like why are you hot-headed why and in yarman's eyes it's it's all because the only person in the group that cares for Yarman is Exire, but Yarman is here to do a job and he's on a mission and he doesn't see anybody else protecting the group the way he can. Right. Even, even your paladin, your paladin sits back for a round or two and then engages up close and personal in the fights that we've had so far. The only person that really runs to the front line to make sure they, nothing can get back is Yarman. So Yarman's like, I have to protect the group. I'm, I'm the best fighter here. You know, I'm going to go onto this tournament and win. It's my job. So yeah. he's, got the, he's got that relationship with Exire. Then the rest of the group is just like, well, my job is to protect you. So that's what I'm going to do. Okay. Uh, same question, Lady K. Um, so... I guess repeat the first part of the question because I forgot the first part a little bit. So okay. Like... <laughs> um, how do you feel the group is going to go be going forward? And then the second part is what would you like, what would you like to see happen going forward? Uh, you know, it's, I think going forward, I think it's really going to be that situation of kind of somewhat walking on eggshells, right? You know mm -hmm. that JD and um, your character whose name is slipping my brain right now. Um, Sir Eldrick. Sir Eldrick. 
are, are going to be watching Exire's every move. <laughs> Thank you, Sly. Um, they're they're going to be watching Exire's every move and what he does. Um, and so, you know, any little thing, any little moment of doubt uh, could potentially be, you know, completely game turning. It could change the relationship of the party very quickly. Um, so, you know, who knows, right? If, if Exar gets down again and you guys see him kind of flip, do you both turn on him? You know, we don't know. And that's going to be kind of what depends on what happens here is as we progress forward through this story, are you guys going to trust uh, the things that Dara says, you know, the insight that she's potentially going to give the party as to what's leading him and why he's actually here and things like that. Will that sway your character in a way, I guess, moving forward to maybe give a little bit more trust than you originally intended from the confrontation? Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of different moving parts to that, you know, uh, I mean, it is all about how each of us play our character, but I definitely would like to see um you know them work it out i mean i always have a hope that we don't kill each other right <laughs> i think that i think everybody kind of hopes that you don't end up killing your party members but it is what it is right jd's like no nah, bucks like no nah, i'm killing him um but you know like you want to see a good outcome from it like we all have a backstory we all have a, essentially a mission that our character has and i mean all of anybody wants is to be able to complete whatever their backstory or mission is so that's really my hope and my, you know, I would like to see everybody kind of achieve that, but you know, that doesn't always happen in D and D. Yeah. All right. What would you like to see going forward? Uh, I mean, going forward, like I said, I would just, I would like to see them kind of work it out. Mm -hmm. um, you know, trust is always a big thing. And I think Adara kind of gets that as well. Um, the trust is important, especially when you're, doing things that are life or death you know, the things we're doing and adventuring could end your character in a second or you know yeah. you guys could help save each other um so rebuilding that trust is going to be super key but I'm, I'm hoping that that's something that can be done and you know as time goes with what adara sees maybe she can help mend some of those fences maybe she can't maybe she breaks more of them who knows well say you double buck I mean, as far as the party goes, JD only knows three of them. He's known them for a year, and all three of them pretty much told him to fuck off when we were saving the merchants. Not a single one offered him a ride. Yeah. So to him, this is just business with them. They don't care enough about him, or he'd have been with the party the whole time. Yeah. That being said, XR lied to him multiple times. Well, he kept stuff hidden. So did the last one in the party that JD confronted. JD walked away when he got his answers. He doesn't feel XR told him everything, which is what I was talking about earlier, but there's one more milestone me and XR have to cross. Yeah. And that being said, JD doesn't fully trust a single person in the party. And for each one, he has a reason. Mm -hmm. He doesn't even fully trust Huck, even though Huck's pretty much his ride. <laughs> That's true. So as far as going forward, the, the way JD is designed, 
there has to be a lot of, I, I guess, best way to look at it, give a damn from everyone else for him to even move the direction to care. Because right now it's just a job. We were tasked to do something. He's here because he's part of the guild. Guild ordered this group to go do it. We're going to do the job we were given. Okay. All right. Uh, so now, kind of going to open the floor for Q&A. So if there's anybody in chat has got questions, they can ask questions. If any of the players have questions for the DM or myself, or if the DM has questions for any of us, now is the time for that to happen. I have a question for the DM. Right. With my intelligence solo, would it even be possible for Adara to teach him how to read and write? What is his intelligence? It's low. It's a, it's a seven. <laughs> it's pretty low. It's, it's just a little bit higher than Grog's. I think six I, is technically like the reading writing. Yeah, I think seven you can still do it. It's just you're not going to be writing novels. <laughs> <laughs> What's he just a nice? You, you can make script. a picture book with a little bit of <laughs> words. I have right. a picture book right now. That's right. I wrote in it. You did well. You drew in it. <laughs> well, I drew in it. Yeah. Yeah. That one was that one was fun because it was less of a like who would Yarman go after and more of a what player would have the most fun with this. And I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, Lady would have fun with that. Like we're gonna go get Lady. <laughs> I was so confused because you were like, Yarman needs to talk to Adara. And I was like, oh God. I was like, what is going on here? And then, you know, you're like, I want to make a card for Exire. I instantly in my brain, I was like, oh my God, this is great. I was like, this is great. This is perfect. Like, she's just, she, I mean, she's extremely intelligent. She, you know, noble class essentially. And she's like, yeah, I'll teach you. Like, I'll, do you, do you want to write it or do you want me to write it? <laughs> All right, anybody else? Questions, concerns, queries? I have, I have a question for the all the players. Um, Ooh, I get to answer. As the characters, do you ever feel like you're being watched? Well, now I do. No, I'm just kidding. All the time. <laughs> yes, absolutely. JD I mean... wants his head or her head, depending on whoever's holding that sniper rifle. Oh. I wish we would have kept the plant. As as the characters, <laughs> Yarman feels like he's being watched by JD, by Sir Eldrick, by Adara, by in the party. Everybody in the party is watching Yarman. Sir, he's Sir trying Eldrick. to make sure he doesn't die. <laughs> <laughs> Sir Eldrick knows that Anwar is always watching over him. It's true. Because that's twice now, Diz that a bullet has come close to JD and hasn't hit him, but it's came damn close. JD wants that fucker. <laughs> Third time's a charm, right? I will say that I've been w worried, I would say, a little bit. I mean, you can tell, like, from the past couple episodes, like, Dara's like, okay, we need to go. Like, we need to get out of here. We can't be standing around. We need to get on this ship. Like, I know we have this whole confrontation going on, but we kind of got to go. Like, we don't know who's <laughs> following us right now. Well, that's why JD was watching when he turned his back to the party. Mm -hmm. And so, like, mm. you know, I think we're being watched. I'm sure. I'm almost sure, positive that somebody's watching us. The DM is always watching. Yeah, right. And, and after what JD found out in Icewind Dale, 
that that's weighing on his mind on a watching too. Like there's something going on there that he hasn't figured out yet. Will JD share his information that he learned in Iceland? It all depends. He's, he already said that he had a book from there. Yeah, I, I showed the papers to Exire and then put them back in my pocket. But yeah. Yarmin will ask about the papers later. No. He'll try to read them. <laughs> but there, there's a few things that JD all wholeheartedly needs to tell the party. That's but true. He doesn't know who he can trust to have that conversation. JD met one of the characters from the original campaign. I did. And I almost threatened to shoot him. That That's fair. That's fair. I mean, he gonged an anvil and told everybody we were there. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I threatened to shoot him. I have a question for Diz. Without without giving away too much, when did you come up with the hand thing? How long have you had that in your back pocket? Oh, the thing that Yarman has? Yeah. So that has been... Uh, the actual... How it happened and what happened... Uh, I've probably known that for uh, months, but the actual the what's going on behind the scenes is mm -hmm. has been planned uh, by by me from like long ago, like year and a half, two years ago. So I I love that Yarman now gets to talk about the voice in his head, like his friend in his head, and everybody just thinks he's an idiot, and you know is. <laughs> Is playing with like an imaginary friend, but he legitimately has somebody in his head talking to him. It would probably be very bad if JD had somebody in his head. <laughs> I don't know. My friend's nice. I know, no, I talked about the person in my head would be <laughs> screaming to get out. They'd be like, Can I get the hell away from this guy? I'd be like, no. Oh, I have my head's empty enough that there's there's plenty of room for somebody to move in and stay a little while. Be like, you're is stuck there, with uh... me. Is there a leader in the group? And if so, who is that leader? I don't leader. think anybody's stepped up yet. Yeah, I don't think there is a leader in the group. I mean, when I, the I got there, I originally thought, like, just from as a new player coming in, right, mm -hmm. and trying to introduce a new character, from the perception of where I walked in at, it looked like your leader essentially was Exire, the person who was kind of leading the pack. And now that's all kind of changed. <laughs> so, you know, just from a perspective aspect of who was talking, who was making action and taking action. And, you know, she just kind of showed up there and was like, oh, okay, I guess this is what's happening. You know, him and Galen, which is part of the reason why I think Gadara shared some of her information was because Galen took action. He made sure the party was safe, you know, always trying to keep an eye out and, Helped her across the street when she fell because she can't stealth apparently at all. <laughs> Even pressed the digitation or the when she came in out of the rain in. at the start. Mm -hmm. So I would that say Galen and Exire. <laughs> I think there's arguments to be made for multiple. Like there could be arguments made for JD to be the leader from certain from certain standpoints. 
There's arguments for uh, Clan's character, Sir Eldrick, to be the leader. Yarman has it in his head that he would be the leader because, you know, he's going to be a god one day. Um, there's arguments for Exire. Uh, I, I think there's arguments for a lot of people. In Yarman's mind, he's the leader because, like, the rest of the people worship gods and he's going to be a god. So, obviously, if that, that trumps. I think that the only way that JD could ever be actually have his hat thrown in the ring for leader is on a strategic military standpoint of how he tactfully looks at everything going into situations because that was his job. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think anybody except for maybe Huck at this present time would follow him into said situation because most everybody doesn't. I can tell you who I think will become the leader. There's not a leader right now, but I can tell you, I think Adara will be the leader at a certain point in time in the future because I think she's the, she's like the calming tides trying to like piece the group together at this point. And I think she's the, just, you know, one of the most intelligent ones there. I think as she gets in the group more and more, it's just naturally people are going to start following her, uh, especially with, you know, her trying to ease the relationships between like Exire and Sir Eldrick and stuff like that. I have two more questions. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. So first one, are you ever going to go back and get those rabbit gloves? Oh, hell yes. Oh, hell yes. Yay! I can't wait for rabbit gloves. I want them. I want you to have them so bad. Can I wear Hello? one in one? To like <laughs> punch for extra damage, punch for rabbit, punch for extra damage, punch for rabbit. You're just going to turn like rabbit skewer. You're literally just going to, you know, like punch, punch one into a rabbit and then like double damage. It's going to turn into a rabbit skewer. Uh, dinner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I would I would make you roll an intelligence check every time you went to do that. So if you could remember which <laughs> one's which. Well, it's okay because I always just go right, left, right, left. So yeah. I'll end up hitting with both no matter what. <laughs> I, I think you have to make them do an intelligence check on putting them on. Putting them no, way one's <laughs> damage or one's rabbit, and he puts both rabbit on and be like, rabbits. Rabbits. <laughs> Wabbits. I will say, if you turn a main character that we're supposed to be killing into a rabbit, I'm really not sure how Adara is going to be like, yeah, we should kill it. Well, you know, like... Oh, JD will shoot it. It's for okay, sure. I'm pretty sure, just knowing, like, it would be the polymorph spell. So, like, I would turn it into a rabbit. JD would shoot it. It would turn back into a person with... Right. And then I would turn it into a rabbit. And JD would shoot it again. And it would just be this continuous, like... T ticking health down and they can't do anything because they're a rabbit oh gosh all right the other question is who who is going to be the most powerful character like in game oh, that depends it, 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 it depends on a lot of things yes but uh, how much you're going to let me tinker what i want because then i'll make then i'll make yarman look like a joke yarman's going to become a god you he hope is entering to. a tournament to become a god. 
You have to get back to the monastery first. I don't have to get back to the monastery first. That's where the tournament's being held. You don't know that. I've never said that. You got to defeat Liu Kang. Yarman doesn't know where the tournament's being held. (laughs) And Shang Tsung. Liu Kang Kang and Shang Tsung have to die. Be fair. Sly is pretty sure that this whole tournament thing was just a way for the monks at the monastery to get Yarman away from them. They were like, hey, you need to go train to be, you know, part of this big tournament. And uh, that's all they really said. But he's pretty sure he becomes a god if he wins. Nice. Listen, everybody knows Sir Eldrick is just there so that the demon lord can be reborn. So if you get possessed, we kill you then. So are, are you trying to, as the guy who was once the co-DM, are you trying to tell us that the Demon Lord has passed? I don't know he's what the state born, is. He, he had the to have Demon died, Lord right? is. Well, I mean, he's, uh, you know, he's in the abyss, so he might as well be dead. For some reason, like, Diz likes to send all my characters to hell or hell-like places. Hell I mean, m- most <laughs> of yours are tieflings. I was going to so... say, yep. There's, that's racist against tieflings. <laughs> Where did they come from, clan, initially? They Where did they originally the, come from? They were the spawn of demons and humans. All right, so they're heading back home. I'm just But Agminos <laughs> was good. I mean... I mean... But anyway, so, any further questions? Yeah, why did Agminos beat that guy to death with a stick if he's so good? That was alternate universe Agminos, and we don't count that. That's what happens when you miss a game. This is what that was. That's that's <laughs> part of the not actually heroes extended universe, which is no longer canon. <laughs> I was just it, Disneyed it. Was it on a pod? <laughs> it is not. It's gone. It never existed. All right, then. Then it didn't exist. There you go. All right, and with that, I'm gonna call it. This episode of After the Roll is done. I want to thank all of my guests, Dr. Diz DM, Double Op Buck, Lady Chaotic, Big Sly TV, and uh, I am going to, if you're in my chat, I am going to give a shout out for all these people because they're nice people and I like them. So uh, there is, oh, I gotta wait 25 seconds. Screw you, you gotta, bot. You gotta wait 30 <laughs> seconds in between call outs, man. Screw you, bot. You work for me, bot. Well, apparently you didn't set the bot right. <laughs> I didn't know I could set the bot. It, it came as default. Default. Uh, yeah. So, uh, well, anyway, I'll put them in there eventually. Uh, <laughs> at least Lady K got shouted out. Hey! <laughs> so, it's important. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. That's what's thank, important. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you. Hey, you know, I, I'm trying. I'm trying. There, there's there's Sly. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, you can go to twitch.tv slash DrDizDM and uh, check him out. Has anybody got anything coming up that they would like to uh, plug right now? Oh, I tried counting it out. Anything at all? Uh, like D&D Saturday. D&D Saturday. <laughs> that, 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 that's it. Nine o'clock. Nine o'clock. Nine o'clock Eastern time over at twitch.tv slash big TV, which you can see there in uh, my chat, of course. Uh, And then we have 
Super Retro Game Show Extreme with myself and Dr. DizDM coming up on Monday at around 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Mm-hmm. Every and, Monday. yep. And then next Thursday, of course, will not be an after the roll. It'll be three old men yelling at Cloud instead, so be sure to watch that. What's and then the uh, Diz- slogan there that you gave it? <laughs> Shit, I forget. <laughs> Oh, you said it earlier. It was good. About negativity. <laughs> oh, but Twitch is font of negativity. <laughs> That's what I said earlier today. Yeah. Uh, and then this. When can we catch the next episode of Not Actually Heroes Cataclysm? Not this Saturday, but next Saturday. That so would be the 23rd. 23rd. There you go. Oh, April 23rd, 2022. Twitch.tv slash DM. 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Be there. So with that, goodbye, everybody. Got it.